Today we continue our series, Do the Right Thing, with the topic, The Urgency of Obedience. This Sunday we explored Jonah, the Old Testament prophet, what we call one of the minor prophets, who was to tell the people what God said. Jonah is just one page in my Bible. It's between Obadiah and Micah. So in your Bibles, if you have a printed Bible, you'll want to go to the New Testament and then turn back to the Old Testament really carefully so that you can find Jonah. The first Sunday of this series, we talked about the urgency of love. And we learned that in order for us to get God's bumper sticker, the honor student bumper sticker, that we have to, with urgency, learn how to love God and love neighbor without question. We learned that we have to wake up, we have to show up, we have to follow the rules, and we have to do our best work. And last week, we learned that forgiveness is tantamount to doing the right thing for God. That it is forgiveness which is complex and, and difficult, but necessary and urgent so that we can do our best work for God. And this week... We learned that another way to do our best work for God is through obedience to the Almighty God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down. Here we are to say that you are indeed our worthy and our holy God. So, Lord, fall fresh on us. Blow a fresh wind and a fresh fire through this place, oh God. Have your way. Transform our hearts and our minds and our souls so that we thirst after you, oh God, and so that we are so connected to you, oh God, that people have a hard time telling the difference between us and you. Lord, speak to our hearts and our minds and our souls so that everything is said comes straight from you and hide this, your servant, behind that old rugged cross so that everything that is said and everything that is done comes straight from you, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have you ever come across someone who was running away? Maybe they were running away from a person, or maybe they were running away from something. Have you ever run away from something or someone? Well, it seems that people who run away from things or other people have something in common. They have an anxious discontent that often manifests as anger and insecurity and unsettledness. 
This is the same for the Old Testament prophet Jonah. We first meet Jonah in First Kings, in Second Kings chapter 14, verse 25. And we hear that Jonah is active with the king of that time, but we don't learn much more about Jonah. Until we get to the book called Jonah, just four chapters and just a few verses. And it's so odd in the way that it ends. But Jonah, Jonah is like many of us, isn't he? He's told to do something that he doesn't want to do. And he does everything he can to not do it. In fact, Jonah tries to run away from God. God has already told us that God is everywhere and you can't do anything to get out of the presence of God. But Jonah seems to forget that. Jonah, son of Amatai, said, God tells him, go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah, Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid his fare and went on to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Well, many of us remember the rest of that story from Sunday school or vacation Bible school or something. We know that that does not go well for Jonah, that running away from God ends Jonah in the belly of a fish and then having to reverse course and go do what God said anyway. But what we have to understand is that Nineveh was an arch enemy of Jonah's people. Nineveh was the capital city of the, the Assyrians at that time. And the Assyrians, they had a reputation for being violent and murderous. And they didn't worship the same God that Jonah worshipped. In fact, when Jonah is on the ship to Tarshish thinking that he is escaping God, the people wake him up and say, pray to your God. We're praying to our gods. You pray to your God. And Jonah said, it's not necessary. I already know what the problem is. I'm not going the way that I'm supposed to be going. When you were in school or when you go to a conference or on a Zoom meeting with lots of different people, it's easy to find a way to be distracted from what we're supposed to be doing. I don't know about you, but I remember getting warnings from my teachers, Mrs. Fruit, that I was talking too much, go figure, <laughs> or passing notes, not paying attention to what I was supposed to be doing. 
I don't remember being thrown overboard. Maybe detention once or twice. But for Jonah, the running, anxious, discontent, angry, unsettled, insecure prophet, the poster child of temper tantrums and disobedience and pouting, for Jonah, the consequences were severe. You know, if you're an honor student in school, you have to wake up and you have to show up and you have to follow the rules. And you do have to do your best work, but it's really hard to do your best work when you're not paying attention, when you're not following the rules, or when you're not going the way that the leader, the teacher, that God has told us to go. You can only get that honor student bumper sticker if you reverse course and go do what you were told to do. In the first place. So from the belly of the fish, Jonah, he prays. First, he praises God for being who God is. And then he asks God to deliver him from the belly of the fish. And God does. The fish spits him out. He spews him out onto dry land. And Jonah... He dusts himself off, he gets up, and he goes on his way to Nineveh. Now, a lot of us, you know, we like to make fun of Jonah and say, well, why didn't you just do that in the first place? But we have to remember the context. Jonah would have been very afraid of the Assyrians. He would have been very afraid to go to Nineveh. He would have stood up like a sore thumb because there weren't very many Jewish people, if any at all, in Nineveh. And then to go into enemy territory and to tell them that God, the one true, the only God that you people don't even worship... That God has a message for you. I don't know about you, but I probably would have tried everything I could have to get out of that. And, and if I had to do it, I would have gone with fear and trembling. So Jonah, he goes... He goes to Nineveh, that great city, the large city. He goes and he walks for three days crying out, you have 40 days until God overthrows you. You have 40 days to get it together. You have 40 days to repent. You have 40 days to turn from your wicked ways. You have 40 days to figure out who God is and whether or not you serve God, you have 40 days to figure out if you really 
really love your neighbor. You have 40 days to figure out if you really love God. You have 40 days to figure out if you're going to get with the plan that God has laid up out for us. You have 40 days to figure out how to follow the rules. And then something unthinkable happens. Instead of attacking Jonah, the Ninevites, they, they listen. And even the king sends out a decree that they should fast and repent with sackcloth and, and turn from their wicked ways and serve the almighty God. They listen. And they do what God says do. So when we get to Jonah chapter 3, verse 10, we read these words. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed God's mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and God did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry, Jonah? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, 
It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, Yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, You're concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and it perished in a night. And should I, the Lord, not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals. We hear the story of Jonah and the fish over and over again, but we don't often hear the rest of the story. We're left on the banks of the river and the sea, and we're left to wonder what happens to Nineveh. But in the rest of the story, we learn that God is true to God's nature. That when they respond with obedience to what God has called them to, the Ninevites are restored. They are left to, to themselves and they are not punished the way that God said God would punish them. I mean, just think about it. Did someone in school, your friend, your brother, your neighbor, your children, your grandchildren, did they ever do something that they were not supposed to do? And when they said they were sorry, you backed off the punishment? Well, Jonah didn't like it. He said, you sent me to do a job, I did a job, now do what you're supposed to do, God. Remember, I didn't want to be here in the first place. Jonah goes about pouting because he doesn't think that the Ninevites have gotten what they deserved. But thanks be to God that we don't get what we deserve from God on a daily basis. God said, is it right for you to be angry, Jonah? Is it right for you to be upset that someone doesn't get the punishment that you think they deserve? Is it good, is it right for someone to receive grace and mercy if they don't deserve it? Jonah's disobedience led to Jonah's obedience, which led to God's outrageous grace and mercy. In today's world, we often see that 
People get upset when they think that someone hasn't gotten the punishment that they deserved. If they are the recipients of grace and of mercy, we get upset because we think they should have been punished the way that we think they should have been punished. Maybe they should have been arrested. Maybe they should have been killed. Maybe they they deserved what they got. Maybe even though they were minding their own business and somebody interfered with their life and they were murdered, they got what they deserved. They shouldn't have been there in the first place. Can you hear yourself saying that? Can you hear someone around you saying that? The word of God to us today is it's not up to us. That our job is to be obedient to God. Our job is to follow the lead of God. Our job is to follow the greatest commandment. Our job is to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. Our job is to love God. Our job is to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Our job is to do what God tells us to do and leave the consequences up to God. Is it right for us to be angry when somebody doesn't get what they deserve? So Jonah, he pouts. And he goes and pouts in an uncomfortable place. And the sun is so heavy that he's reminded that he just wants to curl up and die. But then the Lord gave him a bush. The Lord appointed a bush. To appoint is to send. To appoint is to provide for. He appointed a bush. And it gave Jonah shade, so much shade that Jonah decided maybe he doesn't have to die. Maybe he could live on a little longer. But the next day, the bush died. God sent a worm. God appointed a worm, and it died. And Jonah was angry again and ready to die again. And God said, Jonah, you didn't plant the bush You didn't water the bush. You didn't prune the bush. You didn't take care of the bush. It came to you as a gift, and now you're mad that it's gone? If you care so much about this bush, why do you think I don't care about my people? In Nineveh. Obedience to God is urgent. We can't wait on being obedient to God. 
We can't wait to do what God has called us to do. We can't wait to live out the fruit of the Spirit. We can't wait to love our neighbors in such a way that we provide for them, we care for them like they came from us. We can't wait to do justice and love mercy and walk humbly with God. We can't wait to smile. We can't wait to care for people that aren't like us. We can't wait to do what God is calling us to do in terms of loving all of God's people, no matter what they look like or sound like, what they do or what they don't do. It's not up to us. Our job is to follow God. So when we wake up, when we show up, when we follow the rules, that's when we can do our best work and do it urgently. Because love and forgiveness and obedience, they cannot wait. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.